coming from God, like the pressure of God, but like God is putting <laughs> me in a place like Daniel was in what people say spiritual warfare. But he was designed and destined to be in Bab- the Babylonian that Babylonian community commu- ooh, community community yes. the words community to be able to be a prophetic voice. How do we not? And I think something we talked about the last time: curse our wilderness or curse where God has pushing pushed us to build and develop us, and just deem oh this is spiritual warfare and not realize it's an assignment. Well, let's talk about that because if we're going to talk about what Daniel did and where Daniel was, uh, aside from him being um, in the Babylonian political system, let's just let's deal with the real issue. He was a captive. He was a slave. So you have to be able to deal with your circumstances. And we talked about this in the prophetic class, but this goes for believers across the board. You got to be able to deal with your circumstances and not allow your circumstances to dictate to you whether or not you're going to be able to function and do what God wants you to do, you know, and it can't, you can't allow your circumstances to change what the mandate is on your life. Mm. So part of part of our difficulty, I believe, is that we don't know how to go through. And because we don't know how to go through, we don't know how to how to still identify as a believer. You know what I'm saying? And still be in the midst of whatever you're going through. I hope I'm answering this question. Mm-hmm. You know what no, I'm saying? Because okay. you, you, you answered the first part is ability to build to go through. Whose responsibility is that? Like, is it just the church's responsibility? Is it the believer's responsibility? Because whose responsibility? Because then you had a development to where even in the midst of decrees and slander and, and you know, curse your God and turn to Nebuchadnezzar and all this stuff, he was able to be grounded and not lose his... You know, lose his mind or God, why? You know, I didn't, Daniel, I never heard in the language of him to complain about like, oh, why God? What he did was he would let me go in prayer. Let me go and worship. Let me go and seek God. So like, how, how do we, whose responsibility is that to get that discipline under warfare? Um, who's this, whose responsibility is it? Okay. Well, it's, it's a, it's, um, it's twofold. First okay. of all, pastors have and leaders in the church have the responsibility to um, raise up the believer, meaning equip them, um, um, disciple them, help them to get grounded in their faith. So that's the one side. But then the ultimate responsibility lies with the believer himself or herself because Who's going to make you pray? Mm. Who's going to make you pick up your Bible? Who's going to make you fast? Who Who's going to make you go into worship? And so these are things that are, um, you know what I'm saying? These are things that we are faced with, you know, and we talk about Daniel. Daniel was a teenager. <laughs> Daniel was a, he was a teenager. Some of us are 20 plus 30, 20 plus 10. And you know what I'm saying? And cannot 
stay fortified in our faith and we want to blame the church. Oh, I'm church hurt. Oh, I was injured. You get hurt on your job, but you still go to work. You can't blame the church for where you are. You know you got bills to pay. So you suck it up and you drive on and you go to work. Okay. And so why don't we have this same mentality as it relates to our community of faith? We have absolutely uh, uh, most people. I won't say everybody, but uh, there are a great majority of Christendom or those who are part of Christendom who have absolutely no backbone. Mm. You got backbone for everything else, but you don't have a backbone when it comes to fighting for your faith. It is your responsibility to pray. It is your responsibility to fast. It is your responsibility to read your Bible. It is your responsibility to uh, examine yourself, as the scripture says. Not the priest examining you, not your pastor examining you, not your mentor examining you. The scripture says examine yourself to see whether you be in the faith. Mm. So I think that this is so key is that why do people, I, say, I use even use fasting specifically. Why do believers feel mm-hmm. like I only should fast when my church tells me to fast? They don't have a discipline to fast. There, there you go. There, that's, the, that's the answer. That's, that's the answer to the question. You, you lack discipline. And some mm-hmm. people have no drive. You don't have a drive unless somebody's driving you. They're better passengers than they are drivers. Mm. They have and no so, spiritual drive. Mm. And so where you get spiritual drive from? Is that a time thing? Is that an investment thing? Like what if someone doesn't have the spiritual dri- drive? Because I think one of the things is, and I just use this because I, I even said this. A lot of believers feel that once I get saved, warfare ends. Once you get saved, warfare begins. Hmm. <laughs> Once you get saved, warfare begins. That that is the beginning um, of of it all. That's where it, it's as soon as you say, "Father, I." That's it, <laughs> okay? Because the enemy wants to now turn you around. He wants to change your mind. He wants to prevent you from being able to be um, uh, 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 stable in your spiritual life. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And so these are things that you have to be able to address. You got to deal with that. Mm. So let me ask you something to help us understand this. Are attacks instantaneous? Spiritual warfare attacks, are they instantaneous? Like, do they automatically come? Like, how does one know they're under attack? Like, what is a spiritual attack from the devil? Um, If you had to define that, what does that look like? Or, you know. Um, spiritual attacks can be sicknesses and disease. It could be mental confusion. It could be warfare in your mind. Um, there can be attacks um, in your finances where it seems like, you know, no matter what you do, it seems like you struggle. You know what I'm saying? It seems like you just can't get a hold on things. Um, sometimes now, 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 and let me talk about it because it's not always attacks. Sometimes it's stewardship. <laughs> Okay, and and even as it relates to our physical body, sometimes it's not an attack. Sometimes it's stewardship, and you have to see how have I been a good steward over this body? Have I taken care of my temple? Have I done the things? Come on. So these are things that we have to begin to ask ourselves. Um, and so I don't think that 
You can just name one thing and say this particular thing is an attack. You know that it's an attack when it's relentless. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's something that uh uh that comes to as the scripture says it has the it has the earmark of kill and destroy. You understand what I'm saying? To steal, kill and destroy, which are attributes of the enemy. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So, excuse me, anything that comes in your life to try to steal, to kill, or to destroy, you know that the enemy is at work. Somewhere in that, you can be able to identify if that is an attack because it has those earmarks. So how do you discern now that that difference when you're under the pressure of God? When I say the pressure, that this is a season of your maturity and it's not necessarily attack of the enemy. It's God trying to mature you in your faith. How does that look um, now to the believer? Well, to be honest, sometimes attacks and God's hand on your life look the same. Sometimes sometimes they look the same. Sometimes they look identical and you right. you really can't tell sometimes. But the thing about it is, is that God will reveal what is his heart and what is his will as you are going through things. If we take the time to seek him, you know what I'm saying? Now you can't, let's just say, okay, I got paid today, right? And instead of me taking my paycheck and giving my tithe and my offering, because some of us just do our tithes, so let me hit you right there. Tithe and offering. Take out my tithe and my offering. Okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. I said that a couple times. Did I want to say one more, say one more time? Take out yeah. your tithe and your offering. Okay? And then I pay my bills. Right? And then something comes against my finances that I was not expecting. You know what I mean? That's out of my hands. You know, um, um, not because I was a poor steward, but it's just out of my hands. Like, say, for instance, sometimes maybe HR didn't pay you all your money because we know that that has happened before. Right. Right. Even through some of those Mm -hmm. situations like that. Okay, the enemy is not trying to still kill and destroy when it comes to that. That's a that's a it's a clerical error. So Mm -hmm. through that clerical error, you need to be able to be patient. Have the right response. Come on here, saints of God. Oh, Jesus. We're not going over to HR to cuss nobody out because we are in the age of cussing saints now. My God. And they be using gigantic cuss words. The big, nasty, ugly ones. Okay? (laughs) So, let's talk about that. How do you take... How do you handle that? You know what I'm saying? So, you need to look for those earmarks. And then when you're facing those things that God is trying to mature you, give you patience, and help you to remember, listen, God is your source. Your job is only a resource. Okay? Mm. Okay? Human resources resource not human sources human resource it's a resource so you have to know the difference between the two so you need you know when god is trying to work on your on those virtues in your life patience faith um 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 love come on here somebody you know what i'm saying you know those things when you feel god dealing with those areas in your life when you feel like you just being rubbed by sandpaper 
Oh, yeah, that's the time right there. God is trying to build something. He's working something out of you. So now I want to ask you. So now we're dealing with this far as we really jump into this, this next question because people can understand this with this aspect. Are weights, spirits, demons all the same? What is the difference between those three dynamics? Because uh, the Bible says, cast every weight and sin that's so beset you. So some things are not a sin or a spirit, um, but some things are a weight. What's the difference between a weight and you under a spirit? You're like, what is the difference? Okay, so if the scripture is telling you to cast, let us cast aside every weight and sin mm-hmm. that does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience to race that set before us as the scripture is telling us. That means these are things that are encumbrances, things that are hindrances. Okay? Mm-hmm. Things that have, uh, you know, you may have had uh, as a part of your life, but they're not expedient. Paul said, I can do all things that I want to do. All things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. Some things are a weight for you. Let's just be honest. Let's talk about some things. You know what I mean? Like some things that, that saints may have issues with. Let's deal with people who have issues with their flesh. When you get married, that does not cure a flesh issue. Just because you're married don't mean you lay in the bed and have sex all day. Okay? That becomes a weight. It becomes a hindrance. You don't just do something because you can. I'm trying to find. So this, it, I, this is. Oh my goodness! I'm trying to find this quote that I saw earlier that even talked about that, where it says, um, "It says love does not qualify us for uh, sex. Marriage does, and many people just think because I love you." means that I'm supposed to marry you and don't even realize you just going on love and not understanding the covenant of marriage will backfire because there is a different dynamic because you're just trying to cover. Yes, Paul said it's better to marry than to burn. Right, and right. And that scripture out of context. Yes, it's good. But Paul was single, you know, and people don't understand it. Like, you know, because celibacy is a gift. It's a what? <laughs> It's a gift. Come on, gifts. <laughs> and everybody has their gift as God has given to them. So, Apostle, so this is give this caveat real quick. Everybody ain't supposed to get married? Um, No, because everybody has their gift that God has given to them. And, and actually, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. The reality of it is... <laughs> We ain't going too far into relationship, but we're just going to deal with it tonight. We be right here. Okay. So the, reality, the reality Let's of it on. is marriage is a choice. Nope. nope. Marriage nope. is a... Yes, nope. it is. Marriage is a choice. Marriage is a choice. And Paul said... Paul yes. talked about the widows. That those who felt like they could not contain themselves, that it was okay for them to marry. So... Mm. Guess what? It's not a law. You don't have to. You, mm. we, we understand that it's all, the purpose is procreation, right? We don't got it mixed up. If you watch TV, it'll tell you the, procre- the, the purpose is sex. But the, the purpose of relationship is not sex. The purpose of marriage is not sex. The purpose of marriage is procreation. And for God to show his, his love and his, and his example in the earth through family. Wow. 
why we don't teach this in the church? This, this giving this, why are we not teaching this correctly? Where it's kind of like, even for a season, we heard how marriage was just marry, 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 marry. And it made people that, that felt like they're called to be single under the pressure that, hey, you know, people have used and manipulated. You know, we heard it. Oh, the Lord showed me you my husband. Or the Lord showed you my wife. Or the Lord spoke me, you know, brought us together. And we don't get comfortable in ourselves. And then we jump in this relationship. Well, let me say this. You're never going to really be comfortable. Just, I mean, people can say what they want to say. But your life goes through phases. You know what I'm saying? And who you are today is not who you are going to be in five years or even ten years. I, 24 months okay you're not gonna be the same person you know what i'm saying so you're ever changing you know and, and 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 evolving as an individual um and i don't mean evolution in the scientific sense okay so don't go there um but i'm just saying right i'm just saying but i think that because we have taken things out of context and we have made marriage the end all be all for everybody some people are not cut out for it you know what I'm saying? Because some people are, let's just be honest, they're naturally selfish. So they, they don't need to be with nobody else because you don't know how to treat people. You don't you don't you don't need to be married because you do better by your own self. Okay? So so that's the thing. You know what I'm saying? But if you have a desire and a need for togetherness and belonging and being and whatever you want to call it or whatever, coupling, cuffing season, whatever you want to call it, you know what I'm saying? You you wanna and you want to be married? It's nothing wrong with that. It's not a sin. So it, look, whatever you do, you do it as unto the Lord. So if you single unto the Lord, you are single. If you married unto the Lord, come on, hallelujah. God gets the glory in all things. Amen. So now we're going to pivot right back. We thank God for that disclaimer of marriage and relationships. Maybe that'd be one to four ones, but later on. Right, um, right, right. What are signs that, um, like, so what are key necessities and us becoming prepared and staying prepared for spiritual warfare. Oh, I think you already answered that question. Prayer, so, worship, fasting. Well, I mean, how often should we? Because some people think, oh, I, you know, people don't really understand the dis- what discipline in those things are. So to like maintain it, what does that look like? You know, they don't really understand it because again, some of you know people are not taught that actually that this is a discipline. This is not just something as a ritual or you do on Sundays or your Bible studies, but even how our lives, um, our lives should be that of a discipline. Yes, Um, you answered the question. So, I mean, it has to be something that you do on a regular basis. This can't be like, I'm going to pray once a month. Right. And and the reality is, can I say this? Mm -hmm. Maintaining is warfare. Maintaining prayer, maintaining a prayer life is warfare. How how many obstacles got in your way before you try to pick up your Bible today? Did you pick up your Bible today? What stood in Mm. your way? Mm. Come on. Fasting Mm. is warfare. Say you're going to turn your plate down. Honey, your stomach grumbles like no, not one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You get hungry like you have never had food a day in your life. And you know good and well you had a grilled cheese before. Why are you tripping? People start offering you stuff. Buying it for you. The stingomatic person at your job who never want to buy nobody nothing, never share nothing, brings right. in cake from home, brings in your favorite thing and says, look, I'm treating everybody in the office. You ready to eat? And that's the one day that you said you're turning your plate down. Mm. 
warfare. That now that's when your appetite is not in place, baby. That's warfare because it tries to pull you out of. <laughs> Hallelujah! It tries to pull you out of place. Well. I, I definitely agree. And I think even for us, you know, we have some people that are married and even to those that are connected to Emerge City, just to go back to that real quick, because it, it deals with this being for, for, so since marriage is a double leadership mm-hmm. uh, component, you know, you know, you're faithful um, in your home over yourself, you know, and then your, your companion um, and just and so a married couple being in leadership. Um, why are so many marriages ending? Like this double component of marriages ending is this um like is this something that marriage need to know how to personally navigate through so being that marriage is a double leadership position and non enemy targets leaders how should married people in leadership navigate through spiritual warfare you know um how should <laughs> it's a <laughs> I knew it I, I said I had to throw this in there before I forget I had to throw it in there how do married people in leadership uh, navigate uh, and target combating against spiritual warfare? You, you. I feel it. Let me say this. First of all, unity is warfare. Coming to the place where you can be unified. It's warfare. Explain. Explain. Okay. Go on. I'm excited. Because now you because, because you want to do you. He want to do him. The Bible says that you no more two, but the two shall become one. So it is warfare to become one. Can I tell you becoming one is not just under the covers, boo? Becoming one is a process. It is about bring. <laughs> it is about bringing two personalities, two people from different households, from different upbringings, from different mentalities. Hello, you got you got couch potato Joe over here. Then you got type type A Sally over here. Listen to me, y'all got to learn how to work that out. That's warfare. Because every time he feel like he should sit down, she feel like you should get up. And every time he feel like she should sit down, you, unity is warfare. <laughs> Sally is the energizer bunny. But Couch Potato Joe, his battery been ran out, okay? <laughs> so, so you got to be able... To come to an understanding and be able to love each other even through your idiosyncrasies and still be at one. Let's get past the unity, that 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 warfare of unity first. Let's be unified because we are we let's 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 make it through the warfare of us becoming one. And once we make it through the war, that's a word right there. The warfare of oneness. Oh my God. Let me write that down. Write that down. If you you preach it, I want, send me an offering. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The warfare of one. The warfare of oneness. (laughs) You must be preaching first. 
Jesus. Because that's the first battle right there. You can love each other, love the ground each other walk on. Come on here, somebody. Hallelujah. But baby, when there's no unity, the Bible says where there's unity, there's strength. So let's talk about that. So, and you're talking about leaders being able to deal with warfare. That is warfare that everybody, I don't care if you leader, laity, if you want to call laity, whatever, there's no such thing as laity, but it's just, you know, using that terminology for those who don't understand. But there is warfare on every side. But when you talk about being in leadership, Mm -hmm. even then, even then you have two different leadership styles. Explain. Yeah, talk to us. I love it. Listen, talk to us. Because I got another question behind this. I got, I got another question behind this. You got this. two people. Okay, you won. You got one part of you as 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 one, but you're still going to have two different uh, uh, mindsets as relates to how you should lead. You're not going to agree on everything. You might think that somebody should be sat down. She might think that somebody just needs to be reprimanded and y'all could keep going. Leadership styles. How do leaders come through the warfare? Warfare for oneness. That's that's through everything. The warfare of oneness in every single area. That that's that's a book. God, that's, that's a what book. That's what probably probably just wrote. It's a book. It's that's a book. A book. So I want to ask you this. I, I think we're gonna go this route. I think this is what I'm gonna oh go. Oh my go god, I'm gonna have to start writing that for real. The warfare like, one this. Because I wanna ask you this apostle. Does companions go through warfare at the same time? And if they do not, how does one keep the climate of the and the atmosphere of that home at the at the state of when there is a peace or there is stability um, or where that oneness is? Do companions go through warfare together? Sometimes. Come on. Where you at, Prophetess Bradley? Not all the time, but sometimes. Okay? <laughs> that That's the inside joke we have. That's a little bit. That's Whitney Houston. That's what it Sometimes, but not all the time. Anyway, here's the thing on that. Sometimes you might together be going through something like maybe it's a family crisis. Maybe it's, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, financial something, whatever. And y'all are experiencing the brunt of that together. But then there are times where God is dealing with you about what you need to be doing. They sleep. <laughs> Listen, this is good tonight. So, so sometimes they do when it's crisis. They hit something together, right? But then what? there are times where God is dealing with you by yourself. Now, let's talk about how both of you have to handle that climate and that atmosphere. Come on, come on, talk, talk to us. Let me tell you, let me, let me be, can I tell y'all the truth? Can I tell y'all, I'm going to tell you the truth anyway, because I'll tell you the truth. Let me tell you how I used to go through early married stage. Baby with, this is where they get that happy wife, happy life. Because I'm going to tell you something. Hell would break out in my house if I was not happy. Jesus. I went off on everybody. My husband got told off. My kids got told. Go to your room. Shut your mouth. Turn the TV off. Y'all got y'all cleaning the house all day. Shut up. <laughs> and I know I ain't by myself because I know I used to listen early, early, early. Let my kids come on here and tell you. I believe it. Oh, I believe it. And I'm telling on my own self. 
Okay. And so how do you handle that climate? Let me Mm -hmm. tell you, let me tell you how you, how you set the climate in your house and how you will make everybody else in your house walk on eggshells when you don't have the right spirit and when you don't go through your warfare properly. Oh my God. Help us. That right there is the wrong spirit. So how does one spouse handle that when the other person is going through like that? The way you handle that, where y'all married couples at? Or you who thinking about getting married? The way you handle that is this. That the one who is watching the other go off needs to approach with gentleness and compassion and understanding. And also correction. So explain how does that look in a household that one of the spouses is going through a warfare? They are going through a transition with God. How do they how do they exemplify the gentleness? How do they understand um, that compassion, compassion and, and correction? The of their correction, because I think we keep the you know you got the attitude right now. You need to get it together. You know that we think correction is that. Or I'm gonna stay away from you. Or you know I ain't got time to deal with this. And don't realize that's a gateway to now. If I don't feel safe in my home, where do I have peace at? Because my climate is what should sustain. It should sustain. Because if we have that oneness, the spirit of the Lord is there. And so that atmosphere is containing me so that I can maintain in my warfare. How do we have those three? Help us with these three uh, today. Jesus, help us. I think the way that you handle that is by is by um, really showing love in the sense of, okay, honey, are you having a rough day today? You sound like you're really having a rough day today. Um, is there something that I could do, you know what I'm saying, um, that will be helpful? How can I help you through this right now? This is not how you normally are. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, something so that's is the person wrong. So the person in the warfare, right? Right. So how does the person in the warfare re- should respond? They or should respond with a, you know, <laughs> I am going through such and such and such, but we understand that this is not a perfect world. Because sometimes it's don't talk to me, don't look at me, don't smell me, don't come near me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going to cut you. And we understand that. So you got to find find the right time. Find, find the right time. You know what I mean? Okay? And then, because I'm going to be honest. I And I don't mean this in, in, in a derogatory manner. So please, any of my... Um, melanated challenged people friends you that might be watching this right now don't take this the wrong way i used to wish that that we could argue like some of our caucasian brothers and sisters you know what i'm saying (laughs) because you know some of the stuff you see you be like okay well i'm upset right now please don't talk to me right now because i'm just very upset you know um i just can't handle this right now i just i just need a break you know i wish that there was a point in my life where that's, you know, now I can handle things like that now because I've mellowed out, I've matured. But the reality is, there was a time in my life I was like, who are you talking to? Oh, no, you're not talking to me. Don't, 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 I'm not, I'm not in the mood. And so when you get that, give that person space. Give mm-hmm. that person space, let them breathe, and then find the time to be able to approach and say what you need to say. Because warfare is real. 
You know what I'm saying? But you gotta. <laughs> Listen to me. I know because us people of color, we we are we are we are we are animated. We're, we're animated. It's 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 our upbringing. It's our we, we're animated in everything we do. Good, bad, ugly, happy, sad, whatever. It's always going to be a tad bit of uh, a tad bit of emotion, and that's just yes. We color color no, people are colorful. Do you see what she wrote? <laughs> what did she say? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> not Bob. Not Bob. Who's Bob? Oh, husband's name is not Bob. Listen, we need we, laughter. Because. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I get it. I'm so slow. Can I say Bob the Builder? Yes, we can. Bob wait, wait, that was the comment of what I was saying. Like, I wish that I was slow. I did have, did you, did you tell I just had a really good laugh off of that? Oh God. No, this is good. Because I, I, I see we talk about warfare, but I think there's so much warfare in the house. And I even went, went, I went through this. Well, when pandemic happened, oh, Jesus I had to God. really sit with the Lord and the Lord said the warfare in the world started mm. the warfare in the house, mm. you know? Mm. Um, and so my question is, how important is forgiveness within a marriage? And it's not just even to the companion, just in their life, in combating spiritual warfare. Can you battle warfare properly with unforgiveness in your heart? No. You you can't pray with unforgiveness in your heart. Yee. I mean, you can, but God ain't going to heal you. <laughs> how do you know you have unforgiveness? <laughs> I'm reading these comments sometimes to get her. Get her. Get her. He's giving us the whole rundown of the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Robert and Chantel is cutting up tonight. Listen, and listen, and you know I'm tagging. I'm tagging everybody in here. Tagging people. Yes. If you you know somebody's in a relationship that's single or just a believer that needs to know how to traverse through warfare. Or I'm even how to combat. Please tag them right now. Come on. I need everybody that's watching with these the, 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 the oh. 10 people. I need you to tag somebody oh. uh, right now. Tag one person. If everybody can tag one person, come on, your friends list. Tag them right, right, right now. Come on. Praise the Lord. Oh, Glory I can't. That is so All funny. right. All right. So you said unforgiveness blocks us from combating spiritual warfare. How does one know? That they're battling with unforgiveness because some of us act blinded, but like, how do we know that it's? <laughs> I'm trying to recuperate. <laughs> so how how does one move into the place, moving past like this unforgiveness has a hold of them? It has them in a place of bondage, and now they're trying to traverse. Through marriage, they're trying to traverse through leadership. They're trying to hear God from Epic fail, epic fail, epic fail. You're going to fail. You're going to fail if you cannot forgive. Mm. 
Okay? You're going to fail if you cannot forgive. You are not going to be able to be an effective leader, an effective mother, an effective father, an effective lead, uh, did I say leader already? An effective husband, wife, whatever. You're not going to be, you're going to be ineffective. You'll be no good to anybody because that bitterness that comes with holding grudges is going to bleed out on everybody. So would you say that many marriages are probably going through warfare because of someone's personal trauma to unforgiveness? I think that a lot of marriages are going through not just for unforgiveness. Let's you just said personal trauma. Let's just put it on that. There are a mm-hmm. lot of things that uh, people you get married and like I know I was broken when I got married. Like excuse me, my poor husband. I mean, he, he went through, but oh, Jesus. Like, you know, like, he went through stuff in his life, but Jesus. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, there, like, I used to have flashbacks. Like, you could say something to me, then I'm thinking that somebody else, you know, said it, you know. And then because of all of the stuff that I went through, I didn't know how to trust. Here, I'm married to you. You my husband. And let's just be plain. Like, and this is like, you know, extra information, but I'm just, let's be honest. Like, my husband couldn't even buy underwear. Not for me, because I take care of myself. I'm serious. It's funny. You understand? Because you, when you get married, you bring all of this with you. You bring all of this stuff with you. And so unless you're willing to allow God to heal you and, and, and you deal with all of that stuff, you're bringing that with you. You know what I'm saying? My first, my first response is, "Oh, so you want to fight?" <laughs> like we used to throw stuff at each other across the room. Like we was wild. <laughs> that was wilding. That was wilding out. So, Woo! so for someone that has a marriage that's going through, um, how do you get to the point where you both know, say, like I got trauma, you got trauma. We're married now. We got trauma. We made this. Now we're here. How do we? How do? How does the companion, individually and as one, make it through? To um, I think that we live in a different time today, um, which I think is a blessing um, because even I mean, and it's it's not been like forever ago, but even just when my husband and I got married, that you don't talk about that. You know what I'm saying? And and because you don't realize that marriage should be a safe place. Can, uh, say it again. Say it again. And I need you to write this in the comments. I just should see about, about 10, 10 comments. Say this one Marriage more. should be a safe place. Jesus. You should be able to bear your soul and be able to not feel like Somebody's going to come back and stab you in the back with that thing that you shared. That's a serious thing. Um, I think for a lot of people, um, they don't feel like that their marriages have graduated to that place, that it's a safe place. I remember, you know, and this is where I knew that we had crossed the threshold, really. And I mean... When my brother died and my husband came and sat on the bed and helped me while I cried, I knew we had crossed over into a threshold of of of, a, of another um, 
a place of intimacy as far as our relationship. Because there have been times in the past when my sister was murdered, he didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I cried by myself. I sat in a room on the floor and cried by myself. When my grandmother died, I sat in the floor and cried by myself. When my brother died, my husband sat and held me. That was something. We don't see that in marriages. That aspect of going through together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, to hold each other. I may not understand. You know, that wasn't that wasn't your husband's brother, but it was your brother. Right. But we're one. I'm going to empathize with you, sympathize with you. How do we get to that point of that breakthrough in the marriage? You you want to you want the real answer? Yes, please. That's what happens when two adults get married. No, mm-mm, uh-uh. Nope. Where, <laughs> nope. Where is it? <laughs> You're not going to do this today. That's what, that, that that's what happens so, when adults get married. <clears throat> when we got married, we were children. What? Hey, is that an age thing? Or is that, like, explain, because, you know, people think I'm grown. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you. And here's the honest truth. I was mature for my age, but my God, I wasn't ready for marriage. You can be mature, but that don't mean that you are mature enough to handle Holding another person's heart in your hands. Jesus. <laughs> My God. We could. Oh, wow. So marriage is being able to hold each other's heart. Absolutely. Let's let's talk about this. And anybody who have heard me say anything or teach and preach for any length of time knows what my theology is on Samson and Delilah. Okay. Delilah didn't win Samson because she was a hoe. She won Samson because she let Samson lay his head in her lap. <laughs> wow. She wow. held him. Is that... I, I want to ask this something. Because I need you to write... If y'all, y'all married people on here, y'all need to be writing these questions. Listen, come on, help write the questions. So write these questions here. Come on. But Apostle, who yeah. teaches you that? To get to that place of being able. I, I listen, these questions that's on this iPad, the questions on your paper. They in the trash. In the trash. <laughs> listen, the Holy Ghost that gave it tripped Because because this is what's needed. How do we get to the point in a marriage? I can hold your heart. You can hold my heart to where an outsider doesn't have to hold our heart. I mean, that's the answer. The question is the answer. Ooh. The question the question is the answer. That's how you prevent an outsider from holding your heart. Your your spouse has to be able to hold your heart. I didn't say they have to be able to agree with everything that you say you do. You're not going to agree on everything. You're two different people. Mm-hmm. But but you need to be able to hold their heart. You understand? And, and yes. Oh, thank you. Adult, that's what happens when adults get Yes. Absolutely. Listen, who teaches you that? That's another chat. Who teaches you? Listen. You should, we in a perfect world, and even in an imperfect world, mm-hmm. we should learn this from our parents. But I'm a child of divorce. So, de- so deal with when you are the trailblazer coming out of. And that's, the, re- and that's the reality. That's the reality. First of all, I was the first of, first and only of my mother's kids to be married until my brother got married. When my brother got married, I did his wedding. 
Wow. So that was a thing. And of my mother's children, I'm the, I've been married the longest. So that was a thing. And so there were things that I experienced that I wanted to have a family. So that that dealt that said how I fought for for my marriage because of where I came from. So your trauma, you use it as a motivation, set as a stumbling block and a roadblock. Right. Right. Okay. Right. So right. We got one question from uh, 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 one of the viewers outside. Oh, thank you, Pastor Jay. What if one keeps all things held inside? I was her, and sometimes I'm still her. Honest to God. So you gotta know, you gotta, you gotta know how to do that Texas Hold'em. <laughs> you gotta know when to fold them, and you got, you, you, you gotta know when you gotta let stuff out. There are some things that you have to be able to let out. Let me, let me tell you how. And I'm talking about myself and using myself as an example because my husband and I've been married almost 32 years. So I think that we've we've come through some hard stuff, and 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 we're still coming through some hard stuff. You know what I'm saying? And and I think that even when it comes to stuff like this, like what do you do when you hold stuff in? You have to be willing to share. We're talking about holding your heart. Mm -hmm. So, and I know when you go through difficulty in your marriage, it takes time to heal those broken places and those breaches in your relationship. If there's been adultery, if there have been just arguments, if there have been misunderstandings, if you just don't understand me and I just don't understand you, you know what I'm saying? Those things create breaches in your relationship. So you have to be able to grow through those things and do what it takes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll never forget my husband and I had a hard, like really, really hard, difficult uh, conversation. After all of our kids grew up and went out of the house, right? We were both looking at each other like, who are you? And like, we actually had to have a conversation. Like, I'm not the girl. I'm not 18 anymore. I'm not the girl that you married then. I'm somebody else now. And, and I'll say this, you know, being one that, you know, um, that has been married um, and, 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 and doing this, I, I went through this philosophy mm -hmm. of saying this, you know, being married um, and going through separation and different things of that nature, you know, just being honest, mm -hmm. um, I had to learn. You don't marry the person where you are. You have to have vision. How important is it for marriage to have vision so that there is not separation? Because if there's no vision, you will grow separate. And it's because you're going to be living that individuality, trying to mesh. And because You'll be roommates. You'll be roommates. <laughs> Yeah. Or, or housemates, as they say in Britain. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so you 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 definitely have to have a vision for your marriage. Um, and then you have to be able to deal with... Um, excuse me. You have to be able to deal with the different personalities. You know what I'm saying? Um, if... you know, And there's a book. Uh, um, um, men are like clams and... Men are like clams and women are crowbars. <laughs> Meaning women are always trying to pry the man open to get him to talk, to get him to open up. Most men are that way. You know what I'm saying? That they don't like to express or they don't like to because we it's 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 machismo, you know what I'm saying? And and we have taught men that it's 
You're supposed to be macho man, macho, macho man. You know what I'm saying? And we mm-hmm. grow up singing these stupid songs. You know what I'm right. saying? And not telling men that it's okay for you to be in touch with your with your emotions. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it don't make you a punk, and it don't make you weak because you cry with your wife. So I want to I want to ask you just so checking, uh, making sure that the camera ain't go off when I said that. <laughs> so so in in listening to that, then the question is this. Um, does one, um, Prophet Brace had it, so does that marriage have to seek out proper role models? It um, helps. Is, how important is that in a marriage to combat the warfare of the home? Okay, here's yeah. chapter two. Marriage chapter mentors. Two. Marriage yeah. mentors. So we got marriage. chapter one. Chapter, chapter one, one is, is when, when adults, when get, adults married. get married. Chapter mm. two is Marriage. Now I don't want to write this book. What's chapter two? Marriage mentors. Marriage mentors. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> she is really right. I'm letting y'all know. Oh, because I'm going to write this book. book. I'm, going, I'm going to write. 2022, this book. this book shall be complete. 2022. 21 is not over yet. I can write a book in 30 days. What are you saying? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so one of the ones, ones we can go back over this conversation. Come on. I'll be like, <laughs> see my book. <laughs> So marriage mentors. Okay, so let me say something. Marriage mentors. What does that look like? Is it just someone that's been married a long time, or is it you know what is the definition not of perfect marriage because there's no perfect marriage, right. but a healthy marriage to model right. be modeled after? Right. I think that um, just as we seek out mentors for business, we speak mm-hmm. out we seek out spiritual mentors. Mm-hmm. You should have a marriage mentor. You should have people who have been through hell and back and are still together. Because that's the testimony. Don't tell me y'all been through hell and back and y'all ain't together no more. Well, you ain't my mentor then. I mean, unless you have extenuating circumstances. Because there are sometimes, if it's abusive relationships, that's a whole nother ball of wax. He got to go. Or she got to go. Because some women are abusive, okay? So, so, you know, it just depends. Um... You know what I'm saying? You want the purpose of a mentor is you see it's mimesis. Come on, prophets. Y'all know this word. It's mimesis. You're copying. You are mimicking. You are following them as they follow Christ. You're looking at their life because their marriage life, you know what I'm saying, um, is an encouragement to you and gives you an example to follow. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't want to, I don't want, you can't be my marriage mentor and you on your wife number three. Uh, no. What, what can you tell me? You can't tell me I, anything, I, sir. I, I think this is so healthy, you know, learning um, as a leader who, you know, again, like in my, my journey, um, we had many marriages around us, but we didn't have marriage to pour into us. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, it was thing about it that there was things of my personal warfare, her personal warfare, and thinking that we're against each other. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you remove the mindset that my companion is against me? Um, how do you move that mindset to where going back to that safe space because it deals with the trauma of home? Um, can you help to someone, because I know somebody that's probably been married, and even speaking from my own journey, when we are dealt with, I remember, watch this, I was married, 
you know, married, and guess what? Didn't have to deal with my mommy issues. And so there was many things that I rebelled in hearing the heart of my wife um, to the point of, oh, you're not my mother. And you're trying to communicate. And the lens that I'm hearing her through, you know, was that, you know, was that of you're my mother. How do we not? Because I wish I could have heard that then and not dealt with the pain later. How does one not repeat the cycle of what they've seen, whether divorce separation um like how does one prevent that especially when you're in the house that your enemy is not your your spouse is not your enemy uh, and that's like really my question okay so i'm sitting here writing other stuff Listen, chapter right now, four listen, right? chapter four i'm already on chapter four i got chapter three what's chapter three chapter three is when we believe differently okay chapter Ooh. four chapter four when to see a counselor <laughs> that's the and answer listen, that's the answer I'm, to the question and i'm glad you said that so me mm-hmm. being transparent you know um married for seven years you know still uh married but going through that at the point in time where marriage was broken i finally saw counsel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i was too ashamed to say i need a counsel mm-hmm. how does one when you grew up in an alpha male kind of atmosphere i'm speaking for men yeah. that won't be transparent mm-hmm. um because what you do when you cause the pain of what she had left what do you do as a man just to speak of, you know you being have been married and this is uh because people need need this healing what do you do when you become the pain that she left you have to identify it and it has to be half half of the battle is identification. Mm. Half of the mm. battle is identification. Um, I think that when you because again we're talking about the two becoming one. Becoming one. Mm. Becoming one. Mm. That's so you still let me chapter five. That's chapter five. <laughs> So, are you still learning your husband? I absolutely am. Wow. So, we got to think this real quick to the singles. Um, how um, should one fight for a relationship that's not working? Um, like Singles? Uh, yeah. Like, okay, like, let me take my like, glasses uh, off. And you're singles. How do you fight for a relationship? Like, oh, okay, go ahead. Let me <laughs> say this because I have adult... I have I have adult sons and adult daughters. Okay? In the natural, in the natural, adult sons and adult daughters. And one of my sons used to hang out. Let me just say this, right? Let me just say this. Preface what I'm mm-hmm. going to say. And so he used to have a really good girlfriend, and she was just a girlfriend, his friend, girl, whatever. Okay. <laughs> and they weren't dating. And he came to me one time. And he was like, "Well, mom, you know, so and so and so, she just always acts like, you know." Like, this is a date or whatever. And I had to explain to him how girls think. Mm. Okay? You can't do, and I explained to him. So, men, if you're watching and you're single, ladies, if you're watching and you're single, you don't do relationship things with friends. Let me say it again. (laughs) Jesus, I gotta get like that. That was good. That was good. Oh, God Almighty. That 
was oh god that just gave up the think of a shot i'm sorry oh my god <laughs> oh god Alfonso. You don't do relationship things with friends. Why? It'll be, yes, it'll blur the line. It'll be misinterpreted. You don't go hang out with your guy friend, girl, at night. You're doing relationship things. So, in this... <laughs> like y'all going to dinner together you dress up she dress up you got on your best perfume he got on his best cologne y'all styling and profiling y'all, that, you're blurring the lines and so it looked like a date smell like a date might be a date <laughs> I'm done. I'm done I never looked at so we have this question when you have issues using the words like we, us, and our. Hey, Crystal! <laughs> she knows my parents. Huh? This, she, knows my, she knows my mom and my dad. Does she? Yeah, she yes. knows my parents. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, she saw me grow up. So Did she? With, with, yeah. Wow, that's a whole conversation. Wow. <laughs> so, with, with that being said, what does that, when you hear that terminology like, oh, this is mine, this is you know, that link, what, what does that even identify? What does that show? What are you saying? Say that again. What? What? Uh, Say it again. What does that mean? Like, when they use terminology like I and you, instead of we, us, and our, what does that signify? Put, put the question back up again. Let me see what she was saying, please. When you have issues using words like we, us, and our, instead of, you, uh, instead of I and you. Right. So, if you're having a problem, uh-huh. our marriage... Mm-hmm. This is about us. Mm-hmm. This is not about me. It's not that you did such and such and such. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And another thing that I would say often is that, you know, when you get into an argument, the first thing you want to say is, you always doing such and such. Nobody always does anything. You can't so say take so, always out. Take always out. Take Ooh, that out. We, da, da, da. I put my help tonight. This is helpful. <laughs> Very this good. Is helpful. I'm glad. It's helpful because we'll have many broken marriages with bro- but watch this great leaders. Watch this. I'm gonna tell people I lost everything. To where my sons didn't want to go to church no more. Because they had a great leader and prophet. But I was a horrible father, horrible husband, because I was taught as long as I can function and never deal. Because it leads me to this next question. What are you doing? One, counseling is refusing counseling because of pride. Because I was that person. Counseling, I got Jesus. I'm a prophet. I got the Lord. That's a, deal, that's a deal breaker. It's a deal breaker. Because, because, because you're not the end all beat all. You, so, mm-hmm. you need perspective from somewhere else other than you. Guess what? Your perspective is biased. <laughs> Toward you. Because <laughs> you're going to always feel like you're right. Yes. Hallelujah. We're going to put that up. We're going we're gonna to put that up on the on the website. And you can. we're going to put that up there as a download. How do we fight? Because that is absolutely a message that every. If you're thinking about getting married. 
If you want to be married, if you are married, because the question is not if you're going to fight, but the question is, how do you fight? And there's a right way to fight. There's a right way to fight and there's a wrong way to it's, fight. It, it is. And, and I learned that the hard way. We both learned that. We, you know, you know, we, you lose a friendship because you become, you become task oriented. Oh, oh, this is your role. This is your role. Rather than a marriage and a covenant. And really learn how to build that vision of what you two have come together being one. I had to learn that the hard way. And let's say this. What oneness looks like in my house may not be what oneness looks like, like in, in your, your house. And so though you may even have a marriage mentor, it does not mean that your marriage is going to be exactly like theirs. You got to find out what works for your house and you got to work what works for your house. Not what you can't take somebody else's. There's no cookie cutter rule. You know what I'm saying? Or rule book set for the word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But outside of that, you can't look at somebody else's life and say, I want my life just like theirs or whatever the case is, yeah. because that's just not what's going to happen. It's just not what's going to happen. Listen, Apostle, any, any more questions? Because I got one more. Uh, any other questions? Because listen, this has been good. This went from spiritual warfare to marriage and relationships. Now listen, uh, how hey, we, how, it's all connected. We, it's all yeah. connected. So for a marriage that is on the brink that's on the brink <coughs> on the brink I'm tired of her he tired of me the kids I want to ask this question you know because this talking about like I said with my marriage it took a toll on my sons mm-hmm. how conscious does a marriage covenant need to be con- conscious when kids are involved and how do we protect kids from our warfare? You have to find a safe place for y'all to argue. It was not until my kids were adults that they even knew about a quarter of the things that we went through. Um, mm-hmm. When my husband and I would have conversations, we used to sit outside in the car in the driveway. Especially if we were talking about things that were sensitive. Nine times out of ten, we were sitting in the car in the driveway talking. You got to find a safe place because you think them kids ain't listening while y'all got the door closed? You're not in a soundproof room. Yeah. So you, 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 need, you need to have the safety of the environment where you are knowing that what you're going to be saying to each other is not going to go another further, as we, we used to say. Because the reality is, is you may... Get into an argument and say some things to your companion. But then what happens is your kids hear you say that. They don't understand, well, mom was just mad or dad was just mad. You know what I'm saying? Those things will mar their ideology about their parents. When my husband and I used to get into stuff, my kids didn't know nothing about none of the stuff that how I felt about whatever. I, I shielded them from all of that stuff. What? They didn't know nothing. And they should not. Because it's our responsibility to ensure that they grow up well-rounded, that they grow up healthy. No, you're not going to be a perfect parent. You're not going to always do everything right. You know what I'm saying? Um, You know, and so what you have to do is you you definitely need to, and you know, if you're feeling like, okay, I've had enough, I'm sick of you, sometimes you got to take a break. You know what I'm saying? 
Sometimes just, you know, go go to a family member's house. Don't put them in your business. But just say, hey, I'm here to visit for a little bit. And just visit. Get, clear your head. Go to a hotel. Clear your head. Okay? And then come back home and work it out. So I, I, can you, can leaving this conversation um, puts a lot of perspective. And this is why I love you um, as my leader. Um, because th- this is one of the reasons why I came, you know, I believe the Lord sent me, um, because I was always taught that marriage shouldn't have warfare. You know, people don't really know. Um, but what are three do's and don'ts that singles, singles or married can take away from tonight, uh, that will help them traverse, through the seasons within their Christian faith, what are the do's? Three do's and three don'ts. For okay, say it again, please. I'm sorry. What are the do's and don'ts? Like I said, like for me, you know, thinking marriage has to be perfect. Um, you know, marriage ma- marriage has to be perfect, especially when you're in ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you know, I was even taught to the point is just just don't just just don't just don't let out and open. You know, just don't, you know, whatever, whatever. But there were some things that I know if I would have, I could have been realizing that my wife is still God's daughter. Because I forgot that. That you're God's gift, I'm God's gift to you. We're a gift to each other. You understand? Mm -hmm. What are three do's and don'ts that we respect the gift that we are to each other, that we give each other each other's heart? Well, I want to say this first. Um, if you are newly married, mm-hmm. do not start ministry. What's newly married? Your first year of marriage? I would even say second year. Fail. That's what happened. Listen to me. Your first year of marriage is the most difficult because mm-hmm. you're still, you know, you, you're getting over your honeymoon, Okay. The honeymoon is going to be over by the second year, I promise. And so you got to come through to that second year because that first year, y'all, first six months, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. The next six months, why did he leave the toilet seat up? Did you not see the toothpaste you left on the counter? You could put the lid back on the toothpaste. Like, you start seeing stuff like, I didn't, who knew that you would blow the bathroom up like that? I just said, you know, there's stuff like that. So you got to come through. You don't know being separate. Right. Because you you're enamored, you're in love. So your first year, your second year, no ministry. Well, well, thank you for that. Cause year, watch this. I got married April, launched the church in July. And you should not have been allowed to do that. Your leaders at the time should have said, "Listen, prophet or overseer, whatever they called you at the time." <laughs> whatever they should have said to you listen take a break and then if you are married already or 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 let's just say you have an itinerant ministry already and then you get ready to get married or whatever you need to take time i understand that but you need to take time from ministry to spend with your wife or with your husband if you are you know what I'm saying? Already have a ministry in place. You need that time. Okay. Yeah. Number two. Second thing. 
Um, do spend time together. Do. If you're going to get married, you know what I'm saying? You need to get to know that person. I know that we're in the age of speed dating and online dating and Facebook find a wife or all this other stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know that we're in the age of that, but take your time and get to know people. Like we had somebody that was at our church, Oasis Church Orlando. No shade, no shade. We had somebody at our church, Oasis Church Orlando. I have, I have protocols for how we do everything. And these people wanted to do ministry. No, you cannot do ministry right now um, because we need to, number one, work through some issues. That's number one. Number two, um, let's come through. They were somebody getting married. Let's come through this marriage counseling. I kid you not, and I have witness. This person left from the person that they were engaged with in the middle of all of our counseling, picked up, went to another state, and in in three months of the time that they went to the other state, they actually left to go marry somebody else. You ain't ready. So you you got to know, you gotta get your get to know people. Some people they don't care, they don't care who it is. We're going to marry Elma Fudd. We just want to be married. Okay? That's how some people are. So, you know what I'm saying? And some men are the same way. You know what I'm saying? They think they're getting Jessica Rabbit. They don't care. They just want to get married. So, do take the time to get to know this person. What are their financial goals? Do they have any? Do they have bad credit? I mean, we might could work with you if you got bad credit, but is your credit wrecked? Let's talk about that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Bad credit, no credit, uh, no bank account. No bank account? I had no bank account in my marriage. When I went in my marriage, now nah, I got one. I got checking savings and got other stuff. Thank you, when Jesus. I went and I got married, watch this. No, hear me. I'm talking the truth. I'm doing ministry. I'm preaching and I'm prophesying. No bank account. Credit score was in the 400s. But I'm ministering. And I'm a prophet to everybody. This is this is what we go through. Yeah, we're gonna have to do a part two. <laughs> yes, and let me just hit let me hit a question that I can see over here in the comments over here. Right. Um, how do you become friends first without getting emotionally tied mm-hmm. and jumping into a relationship? Let me tell you how you become friends first. Go do fun stuff. Let's go bowling. Um, date during the daytime. And I'm gonna tell you something. I used to say this to my daughters. Call them on the phone to ask them right now because they'll tell you. Ladies, if you dating, you are not out at all hours of the night because after a certain time of night, I'm going to say it and it's on the Christian network because I believe this wholeheartedly and it's on my podcast, it's on here, ain't nothing open after a certain time of night but legs. And if you are outside running, (laughs) listen to me. Don't tell me you out with your best friend and he a man and it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, no, Joe Rogan. What kind of friends are y'all? Okay, so how do you become friends? Date during the daytime. Go do fun stuff during the day. Okay, go bowling. Go watch a matinee. Matinee, 1 o'clock before 6 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? Y'all can go do lunch. 
you know, get to know each other. Do you like video games? No, you you like watching, you know what I'm saying? Ain't gonna be no Netflix and chilling. Apostle, please give proper Briz and proper Latanya. Look at the comments. Look at these two. Look at the comments part and look. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't see what they say. Probably Briggs. Who said legs and the chicken spot? Crystal, wait a minute. Probably Briggs said legs and beds. Um, probably the time said this is where all these kids came from. And, and, and Prophet Crystal said, Apostle, she said legs and the chicken spot. That's what's Jesus. over. <laughs> this, this is, this is. This That's is. about right. So as a man, as a man, you should set a boundary with the women. Lord, we gonna do yes, you should set a boundary. You should have boundaries. That was a question that was asked. You no, should no, I love it. Set boundaries. Good. Boundaries. I, 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 and that's what I'm saying. I, I wish I would have known this because that my wife was my wife is my best friend. Take that away. But because there were certain things, not her, but me, that I did not know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It put us in places where communication was the issue. We were saying the same thing, but because of wounds and traumas, you ain't hear what they're saying. So we're talking the same, but what I'm hearing is totally opposite because I'm hearing through the trauma of my lens. I'm hearing through the you know the lens of my trauma. You're seeing through, yes, because you don't hear through lens, sir. You you. you. <laughs> You know that. Look at Papa Zion. Give Papa Zion a bubble. I did have boundaries. I did have boundaries. <laughs> Listen, give your face a break tonight. This is transparency. <laughs> Listen, this is to help people become accountable. Um, Can I just hit those boundaries? Yes, that's what I want to tell you. Please hit those boundaries. Because that's number three. We're going to go with that would be number three, the boundaries. Yes, boundaries. Oh, my. Get her. Get you, her, boss. I can't see it for whatever no, reason. if you go on the comment side, just go look at the comments real quick. Oh, <laughs> okay. I forgot I had that. Yes. Yeah, go to comments and see he had with the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, and I get it. I get it. Some of y'all like that thug life. I ain't mad at you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but here's the situation. In a situation. Okay. It just be, better be a persona. He can't really be a thug and be in a gang. He need to have a job. <laughs> okay. He'd have a job. All right. And, and, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's got to be more than just that. I think we all like a little bit of thug. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But listen here. Hey. And a man like a little bit of class oh. every now and then. And I'm going to keep the rest to myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh I will keep the rest of myself but oh praise the Lord but let me say this let me say this about the boundary part about boundaries I think that you both should have boundaries mm. listen to me something that I say all the time is you must have a constitution for your own self because everything in this world is governed by constitution businesses have constitutions they're called bylaws the country that you live in has a constitution your church has bylaws constitution okay you gotta have a personal constitution how you govern yourself what i'm not gonna do i don't care how hot you burning i don't care how good he look I don't care how he make you feel. I don't care how she make you feel. You have to have boundaries that you are not willing to cross because of your own respect that you have for yourself, number one. And number two, you're supposed to be a godly man, a woman of God. 
So you got to be able to say, I'm not going to do certain things. Okay, we're not going on. We're not going to be sitting up in the in the house by ourselves. I don't even care if it's in the afternoon. Okay, because flesh get hot in the afternoon, in the morning, in the evening. Flesh get hot all hours of the day. My God. So you don't need to be up in the house by yourself with him or with her. That's number one. Boundaries. Date during the daytime. Yes. Or go on. Go out with other people. Don't be up there tonguing each other down and all the rest of that. That's going to do nothing but get y'all hot and bothered. I'm just saying what it is because y'all know y'all be sitting there having them conversations with yourself and having conversations with your girlfriends and you be saying all kind of stuff. So, so if we're going to talk about it, let's just be real. You want to know what's the 411? Here's the 411. Stop putting yourself in a predicament where you know that you're going to want to drop your drawers. Because if he blow enough air on you the right way or she blow enough air on you the right way, stroke you the right way, or even if he just got on Timberlands, listen, go out during the daytime with other people. She got the right, she got the right shoe on. She flip her head the right way. She can blow. And listen, you been woo. All right. Praise the Lord. Listen. So you got, you got, you got to know your own proclivities. You must be in touch with your own proclivities. Know your issues. And if you know your own issues and you are honest with yourself, then you know you won't put yourself in that predicament. Especially if you've been doing everything you could possibly do to stay chaste before the Lord. Baby, let him have the right cologne on and you by yourself. You're going to find yourself in trouble. You better make sure that you stick to the Constitution. Don't let her, don't let him, don't let him have Calvin Klein, Gucci. Right. Let's not do that. Don't put yourself. Because honey... The Bible say, "Whoso breaketh an hedge, a serpent will bite him." You gonna, it's gonna, you gonna be pain. It's gonna be painful. It's gonna Listen. be painful. So a man should set a boundary with the woman. Yes, Pastor Jay, me, and you gonna have to talk because I need to know who this is. Because um, I got plans, and we all know who those plans are. <laughs> he asking all these questions. I, this better be who I'm thinking of this because if it ain't that person, ain't no candidate. <laughs> Lord Jesus, oh, Lord, I really, this is un, this was an unusual what's the four one one, um and listen to 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 watch this and keep on watching this 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 listen you go download the Oasis Television Network on Roku and Fire TV, you know Please. this tonight is featured live here. Yeah. But if you want to keep watching this conversation, this specific one, I need you to go right now. And download this on Roku and Fire TV. Yes. This is where that con- this conversation is going to remain. Amen. Yes. This is going to remain. If you want to watch it, I know Apostle is going to put it in the rotation. Because marriages, families, and churches need this. And so listen, this is what you want to do about tonight. And so if you want to watch it on a replay, listen, go to Oasis Television Network. 
and watch this conversation. It's so simple to go download it. We thank the Lord. Apostle, is there any final words before we let you go? I just want to say, because I'm reading the comments. That's right, Prophet Bradley. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's right. Keep it together, everybody. Hold up, Ashaya. Yes, God will keep you if you want to be kept. I just want to thank God for everybody that was joining us on tonight. And I just want to say, listen, yes, we laughed at some stuff because some stuff is funny. Um, excuse me, but the warfare for relationships is <laughs> real. It's 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 for real, for real. And um I just want you to be encouraged wherever you are on this journey. Um, if you are married, if you are single. Um, if it's complicated, whatever the circumstances are, I want you to know that God is able even in the midst of that. Um, he's able, if it's complicated, he's able to uncomplicate your circumstances and your relationship. If you are single, he's able to keep you until your uh, desired mate shows up. If you are married, he's able to help you to become one with one another and with him. And so I want you to just be encouraged and maximize. Use some of the pointers that we talked about. Um, and I know that there were some things that we didn't get a chance to cover and hopefully we will get to do that. Maybe we'll do that, you know, and do a part two. Um, but just be so encouraged. Know that there is still hope for your relationship, whatever your status is. You know, God has not forgotten about you and his desire is that you prosper even in your relationships and that you be in health even in your relationships, that you have healthy relationships. So let's learn to relate to each other. Um, and definitely, definitely, um, I think the title of this is The Warfare for a Warfare of Oneness. And we're going to get up. We're going to get with this book. We're going to get with this book. Listen, I, I, did she I, say I, marry, I, file, and separately? Separate. Yes, ma'am. I get it. I promise, I get it. Listen, I've been on and, that and street, I, and and I say this to, to to anybody, like just just be transparent. But listen, if you love this conversation, write down your comments, or you can find us on Facebook. Send the comments because there will be a part two. There will be a part two to this, and we're going to die more for the singles and the marriage. Um, and you know, we may spice it up once or one the next time. Listen, we got some married people um, and open and, and different things. And so we may call them up. You know, what if, we go figure it out. But because I think this is the warfare of oneness. The Lord has resuscitated his church. He's yes. going to resuscitate the marriage. Yes. And so even if you got divorced, I want to give you this encouragement. If, you know, God can restore you. God can restore you into a place um, we, you can come out of that place if you are separated. God can heal your marriage. Yes, God can do it. Um, if you are single, God can keep you, and it's not mandated you get married. If that you know, this is you got to understand this. But if you are going to get married, you heard the, some of the do's and the don'ts. And I will say this: um, if you are in leadership and you're in ministry, it is very important. Don't just get counsel to get married. Get counseling in your marriage. Getting counseling does not mean that you have a failed marriage. It is to get the wisdom of God so that you can sustain and traverse through the seasons of marriage. So get that, get a community of people, be okay with the mess up, be okay with the hurt, be okay, but learn through it, pray through it, but definitely get wisdom through it so that you can survive. Apostle, we're going to let you go. And we just yeah. thank you. Thank you and for having me. 
And listen, those of y'all that's on here, let me put this on. Make sure, like he said, that you download the Oasis Television Network. Because that's okay. where it's going to be. That's yes. where it's going to be. Fire TV. Make sure you get it. Follow me on Facebook. If you're not on Facebook, um, following or whatever. Praise the Lord, however you say that. Or Instagram and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's keep, let's stay together. Follow us and get our podcast all stuff. Thank God for tonight. Thank you, Prophet. We appreciate you. Love you. Love you much. Thank you, Apostle. I think we know what the 411 the is tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we did. You, know, you good? I thought, I think we know what the 411 is now. Oh, God. Listen, this Real talk, real conversation. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for tonight. See you later. All right. Well, listen, we just thank the Lord for you tonight. Joining us here for What's the 411 with my spiritual mother, uh, Apostle Fran. Listen, I, I, I think that this was an exclusive that everyone can be preview to, that everyone can get. Um, and, you know, we thank God for you watching this live tonight. But again, if you want to watch this throughout the week, if you want to watch this to refresh to it, I'm telling you now, you need to go download the Oasis Television Network because that's where it's going to remain. Amen. That is going to remain after tonight. It's going to remain exclusively on. This is an exclusive. You know how some TV networks have exclusives? Well, tonight is that exclusive. This is exclusively going to be on the Oasis Television Network. Amen. And we want you to go download it and go watch it because uh, this is something that we all need. Again, tonight we're asking, don't go nowhere. Uh, you heard we are doing the Act Now campaign to help families in texas help churches and families and we're trying to do this within the next week or so to begin now uh, operate in the things that we need to do to help those family and churches in texas um that's going through this uh time of rehabilitation through uh due to um the recent snowstorm that hit them so please please uh, so today, if you uh, we're making a pledge here at the Mercy of $50. If you do not have it, listen, get what you got in your hand. If you got the 50, come on, make a stretch. If you do not have it, loose here. This 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 thing won't get it together. There we go. Um, if you don't have the 50, get 20, get 10, whatever you have. Get a dollar. Listen, I need if you got a dollar, get a dollar, and I need you to sow in one of these ways that's on this screen. Emerge City Give on our website or Emerge Dash City. Listen, you got people in your house, tell them let's give today to sow into someone else's life. You got something tonight. Now pour into somebody else. Not Emerge City, because we're going to be sowing amen into the lives of families to help them. Amen. We thank the Lord for you tonight for this opportunity to uh, be a part of us. You go right there to our website. Amen. Click the relief button and give today. So we thank the Lord for everyone that's been a part. Again, I thank God for our leaders, for everyone watching our open family to our new family. May the Lord bless you and keep you as always our prayer. Amen. Here at Emerge City, we love you and we will see you this coming Sunday. Join us as we close out the Emerge City uh, series, the Emerge series. And can I tell you what? This this series is going to be something amazing. We're going to be dealing with the aspect of sonship. Will you be one? Will there be one? That is Sunday's message. You want to join us as we close out this series um, and announce our next series. But we're going to be closing out Sunday's series talking about the ministry of sonship. Restoring the lost art. Will you be one? Will you be one of the sons of God? Um, but we'll get into that. But give us one. Give one of these three ways. Amen. Give one of these three ways. We're going to appreciate it here. All right. I just want to pray with you. Father, we do thank you. We glorify you, Lord. Tonight, everyone that heard this word, let it bring restoration. Let it bring healing to homes, lives, families, Father. And Lord, we thank you for this revival, this awakening, Lord. We thank you for the resuscitation that's done to marriages, to singles, to, to individuals, Lord. And we thank you that there's been a shift 
in the earth. And Lord, we thank you for this time. Let this word continue to seep in their hearts that someone will have a conversation in their marriage that they've never had before to walk into a future. Let marriages cast vision together. Let them walk together in strength, Lord. Let their children be covered in the blood, Father. But most of all, let your spirit penetrate and break them free of any bondage, any word curses, Lord God, any ignorance, any pride, God. Father, we are asking for your restoration. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for tonight. Again, go download the Oasis Television Network and join us next Wednesday for the uh, oh Lord, what is it? The poor. Jesus, listen, it's been a long night. The poor. Join us next week at 7.30 for the poor. And this Sunday, as we close out the Emerge series with Will You Be One? Amen. At 3 o'clock. Middle